Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are once again on this Blue Wire Podcast Network brought to you by TickPick, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com, the original no-fee ticket site. Believe in themselves so much that if you can go out and find another ticket site with the same ticket for a cheaper price, you can get 110% of that match. Literally, what you see is the price on the screen, is the price you pay when you're finished, you can use the promo code BREAKDOWN to take advantage of $10 off your first order. If you're going to get tickets for the Browns-Cardinals game coming up, not this weekend, but the following weekend, use the promo code BREAKDOWN, TickPick.com, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash BREAKDOWN. Get $10 off your first order. Again, use the website uh, on a computer. Don't don't go to the app. Use the website. The app is great, but to use the promo code effectively, you got to go to a computer. TickPick.com slash BREAKDOWN. Now, starting our offensive comprehensive breakdown, we are going to look um, specifically at players not named Baker Mayfield because we have talked about Baker Mayfield enough. I wrote about him. I got all my feelings out earlier in the week, and you can go back and watch the Twitch show that I just did, his film room. And again, I tried to do that as a pod on here again. I can't do it. It is just terrible. Like, you can't get anything from it. And if you want my opinion on Baker, I wrote about it. It's up at the OBR you can find it. He played poorly, has to play better, and there's no way around it. The reads were okay for the most part, but to me, it, again, he's just got to place the football more accurately. He's got plenty of opportunities to do so. Season's not defined. Move on from it. Try to be better this week. If the shoulder's hurt, find your way to the bench for a couple games. If it's really impairing your ability to throw, if not, then you just got to be better. Uh, it's Do what's best for the team, man. If you're too hurt to play, step aside for a couple weeks and uh, allow Case Keenum to do what he's, he's capable of doing as a as a qualified backup. If you can play, you got to play better. If, uh, just leave it at that. Other places you can find my opinion, there you go. Personnel data. So the Browns were in 21 personnel, two, two backs. I, I include a fullback here. That is the second back. Two backs, one tight end, uh, just one play. They were not in any 22 personnel. If I see places keep documenting or registering Demetric Felton as a running back, I'm going to get upset. He is not a running back. He is a wide receiver. He does not carry the football. They did not have a single 22 snap. 12 personnel, 19 snaps, 26% of the time. 11 personnel, 35 times, which is 46%, which stays on track with the season data where the Browns were at 40%. 11 personnel last year, they're up to 46% this year. We have seen an uptick in 11 personnel. And again, I count Felton as 11 personnel. 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends, 16 snaps, 22% of the time in this game, and then three goal line snaps, which were 23, so two backs, a running back, fullback, and then a uh, set of three tight ends. They were in there three times. So 47 motions and 74 snaps, 64%. Baker throws for 155. The, the Browns run for 190. They do decently with time of possession. They were okay. They just didn't capitalize and get points. You can call this game close, but it should never have been close. 
it should have been a 35-7 to outcome, something like that. The Browns dominated it from a players-on-the-field perspective, but the quarterback just did not meet his end of the bargain. So, again, it's whatever at this point. Bake's got to be better. I think he knows he's got to be better. When the Vikings brought pressure, five or more rushers, they were one of eight for eight yards passing. They did that eight times. They brought five-plus rushers. He did complete a 21-yard throw against six rushers, one of two for 21 yards, but... Yeah, um, that's the, the, the throw data from when they brought five or more blitzers. Baker was panicked in some of those scenarios. And really, the Vikings did a nice job cutting down a lot of the things like to do from the Browns as far as over-crossers, double moves, a couple a couple nice coverages on double moves. But Odell got a couple, too. Ball hit the corner in the back of the head. Cameron Dantzler, the ball that should have clinched the game that was thrown behind him. He got Harrison Smith. So the Vikings' defensive game plan was fine if you're looking at results, but I thought the Browns, and Kevin Stefanski called a great game. Called a great game. Gave them plenty of opportunities to score the football. Quarterback could have had four touchdown passes. So take it for what it's worth. The uh, running back duo ran the football 35 times. Hunt and, uh, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. 19 gap schemes, 15 zone schemes. Kareem Hunt has a better rushing grade in this one, a 71 rushing grade. They gave Nick a 56.6. I thought he was fine for the most part. Uh, you know, he's not had really any really big explosive plays, but he's still really good. And he's capitalizing on yards that he can, every single yard he can get. He had a couple catches uh, in the running back room, two for 17 from Kareem Hunt. Nick had one little uh, settle route for five yards right in front of the quarterback. Uh, let's see here. Uh, missed tackles forced. Kareem missed, uh, forced two missed tackles. Nick forced one missed tackle. They did register Baker forcing two missed tackles, which is uh, it's a bit surprising, right? He had one carry for 11 yards in the game. 10-plus uh, yard rushes. Nick and Kareem both had 10-plus uh, yard rushes. And again, the the thing for Kareem Hunt is he's the gap runner, right? There, there were three zone runs for Kareem Hunt and 10 gap rushes. They use Nick pretty equally. 11, uh, 11 zone and 9 gap. So they'll, they'll do whatever. They'll kind of be in the middle there. Baker had uh, one rush, which was that read option on the first drive, which he executed nicely. As far as blocking grades, let's take a peek at that. Run blocking metrics, Joel Batonio with a 90.5 run blocking grade, 86.7 in zone, 74.8 in gap. Jedrick Wills in his 26, uh, he played more than that. He played 52 snaps, 73.8 grade. He's been better in run game this year. That's an encouraging thing. 65.7 in run, uh, sorry, in, in zone, 67.3 in gap. Jack Conklin, one of his lower-graded games in the run, 73.4. I thought he I thought he was okay. Some angles were a little askew that I think caught him leaning sometimes. Kyle Murphy will do a nice breakdown of that with us tonight. Um, Conklin finished with a 67.8 in gap. Treader did not have a great run-blocking game, 67.3 in zone, and 61.4 in gap. Wyatt Teller, 87.5 in gap, sorry, in zone, but gap schemes, he struggled to a 44.3 grade, which put him at 65.7. Andy Janovich in three fullback blocking plays, graded at 49.9. From the tight ends, 55.7 from Bryant. Uh, David Njoku, 63.1, and Austin Hooper, a 77.3 in run blocking. So Njoku and Hooper leading the way there pass blocking okay pressures allowed in this game 14 pressures allowed okay it's not very good 
They didn't give up a sack, but the quarterback was getting pressured and moved off of his spot in the pocket a lot. Jed Wills gave up two hurries. Jack Conklin gave up three hurries. James Hudson gave up two hurries and just 10 snaps. Wyatt Teller gave up two hurries. Austin Hooper gave up one. Joel Batonio gave up one. J.C. Treader gave up two. And Kareem Hunt gave up one as well. True pass blocking sets. Okay? Those predictable pass situations. Wyatt Teller, 48.0. James Hudson, 29.3. Jack Conklin, 47.4. Jed Wills, 23.0. 13 were given up in true pass sets. So we can talk about Baker, which was not good. The, the, the pass blocking performance was not as strong as it needs to be either. So Baker's not going to always bail out his offensive line. Like we've kind of seen that for a little while. He needs them to play well. And I don't know that they've been playing as well to start the year. They've been good. But this game was not a very good game. I thought the Vikings front, and especially Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin, who have wound the clock back uh, to, to years past, put together a really good game for Minnesota, which, again, moved Baker off of his spots. No excuse for missing some of the throws he did, but I definitely think they they dictated some things overall. Your highest-graded Browns in the game in six snaps, Demetric Felton had an 80.1. We talked about Joel Batonio's 90.9, Rashard Higgins in 41 snaps had a 76.1, Kareem Hunt 70.3, and then it's all into the 60s. Treader, Conklin, and Joku, Teller, and Hooper in the 60s, and then everyone else down below into the 50s, and it's a shame. I mean, Otell gets a 56.1, and I just think that's laughable. He gets the ball delivered where he needs to get it. He, he goes for 200 yards, so I don't know. That's a pretty skewed data piece right there. Whatever. 56.1. Let's check receiver grades. Um, and we'll give you a better feel for this thing here. If they mark somebody down as having a, a drop, they gave drops to uh, Kareem Hunt and Austin Hooper. Hooper on that slant. Kareem Hunt dropped a ball out of the backfield. Uh, there were no other drops in this one. So the receiving grades like Odell's 56.3 is quite peculiar. Um from a yardage standpoint, 63 from Higgins, 27 from Odell on seven targets, only two catches, and Joku with two for 17, Kareem Hunt two for 17, Hooper one for 11, Nick Chubb one for five, Bryant one for three. So, you know, the metrics aren't very good in the receiving side, and I think that you can obviously agree that that's largely due to who was delivering them the football, which it did not go well. So, it's sort of a results-driven grade here for some of these wide receiver stats. I just think that it's a little tough to do sometimes when it's not it's not particularly their fault. Should note that Higgins had three catches for first downs and, and Kareem Hunt had two for first downs. So that's the extent of it. That's the data for your offense. If you want to learn more about it, we do Chalk Talks every Wednesday. Okay. They're really focused on offense in two phases. We'll have Baker. Now, we had Baker Tuesday, but going forward after this week, it will be Wednesdays. We'll have Baker, offensive line play back-to-back, where you get the perspective of the run game and the pass game in that offensive line study. And then we will also do defense with John Stephenson. So you can get all of that. So you have the data. You've got some information about the performances. I thought the game plan was great from Kevin Stefanski, moving people at the line of scrimmage getting some double moves to his best receiver to get him in space really didn't go and empty a ton to put pressure on, on Baker. He tried to do some things with chipping 
and uh, and and running back releases that were helping out with pressure. I just think again the game plan was fine, but the execution was really poor, and they have to be better in that regard. And I hope that they will be, especially going out to LA to play a pretty good Chargers team. So. Onward and upward, you will have your All-22 scouting notes for offense up by the end of the day on Wednesday, so keep your eye out for that. All-22 scouting notes for defense went up. If you're not an OBR subscriber to the website, I really urge you to do so because that is the most comprehensive look you're going to get at the Browns' defense and offense. And I'm talking you get all the data, not just the things I'm giving you uh, little snippets here in this podcast, but you're getting like coverages. On offense, you're getting concepts. You're getting a lot of different things, and you're getting a lot of all 22 clips that I don't make public that you can't see otherwise, you know, cut up into this thing for you. You you know, that's the beauty of it. It is like it is like delivered in your inbox everything you need to know about how the Browns are playing on both sides of the football. So join us at the OBR if you can. Your first month is only a dollar. You can really get a feel for how good we are and how good my articles are. And you can get a feel for if it's worth your time and energy. If you just joined via the podcast, I appreciate that too. That means a lot to me. Now we're going to get over to our guest who is Jeff Risden of the USA Today Network. He, uh, he worked on the Browns forever, has sort of stepped away from the Browns a little bit, but he's obviously still closely following them. He does a lot of extensive work on the Lions Jeff's got great content angles on the Browns, so we are going to go over to that interview with Jeff right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcoming in, Mr. Jeff Risden. How are you, my friend? It is great to be with you, Jake. Thanks for having me, buddy. Of course. Well, we're going to talk about this Browns offense. We've probably all invested uh, a little too much thought into it. Um, as we do in this business, <laughs> yeah. right, Jeff, we think too much about these things. Uh, they're ninth in DVOA, yet it feels like they're not. It's probably tied to the quarterback more than anything. Probably can remove the word probably where recency bias <laughs> sticks, sticks true. Where, where are you at on them collectively? Like, are you, are you okay? It's a bad stretch here. They're going to figure it out. Or are you kind of concerned about the bigger picture? Uh, I am concerned about Jedrick Wills and his health. That concerns me a lot because he's clearly not the same guy that he has been or that they need him to be. And that's a problem because when they brought James Hudson in, it was clear that as, as poorly as Jed was playing, oh my God, that can't happen. So that that's an issue. Uh, I think J.C. Treader has regressed some at center, specifically in the run blocking game, and that's not good either. Uh, but like you said, I mean, everybody's going to focus on, on six and, uh, he's had a couple of bad games. 
I don't think he's healthy. I think his non-throwing shoulder is a problem that he separated against Houston. I think it's impacting his ability to throw the ball accurately down the field and to the outsides. Um, I don't know if you've seen that or not, but you can tell the way he's holding his left hand when he throws the ball is different now than it was before. He's not putting it out in front as much, which doesn't create, you know, the the leverage, the, I don't, I don't know the proper kinesiology terminology for it, but it, it, it throws off the the balance of power in his shoulders, if you will. And I, and, and I, and I saw that and I watched, I watched the game very closely and I went back and I watched the first game again. Um, and it is different and it's, it's subtle and you do have to look for it, but it's there. And that's a problem too. Uh, I will also say, I think Minnesota's defense is really stinking good. And I think they did a great job of taking away what they wanted to do uh, specifically in the passing game. Uh, and and they deserve some credit for that, too. I, I thought Houston's defense, oddly enough, played pretty darn well against Cleveland as well. So, you know, sometimes the other guys are good. It is the same offense. It's on film now. Teams have had a chance to look at it. And, and so the continuity factor that you get from Baker coming back in the same office and everything, well, the other teams know, okay, well, it's not really going to change either. So they've had an offseason to adjust to what the Browns have done. And I don't think that gets talked up enough, talked up enough either. The fact that they haven't really added a lot more. Um, maybe it's because some of the other teams that I watched, the Lions, as an example, installed a completely new offense, and that that makes them much more difficult to defend. Mm-hmm. When it's the same thing over and over, you just have to execute better, and they're not executing better. And that's that that could be part of the regression there too. I, I I don't I don't know if that sounds weird or not, but that that that's where my head's at with it. No, it's not weird. It's not weird. I think I think you dislocate your shoulder. There's going to be something, right? There's there's going to be something. It's just a matter of how big that something is. And it gets to the point too, Jeff. If you if you can't make the throws that you were missing yesterday, and you missed a couple of those same throws in Chicago. If you yep. can't make them, then a hard discussion needs to happen. I don't care how tough you are, dude. Con- like, kudos. Congrats. Like, that's awesome. There's a nature in, in Cleveland of playing through injury. Like, there's no doubt. Joe Thomas set the bar. The offensive line clearly tries to follow that. Treader follows it. Batonio doesn't miss games unless COVID's involved. Jed's trying to man up and play through the injury at the ankle. I think if Chris Hubbard was healthy, there would be a little less stress on Jed forcing it, right? But, totally agree with that. Yeah, totally. But but there's the same with Baker trying to prove toughness. But hey, man, if you need to take two or three weeks, we're paying $7 million to your backup to do this if you need him to step in and keep the, re- the boat floating. So... The question yeah. is, if you're so hurt, which is possible, you're talking about the subtleties. I have not gone back and watched this. Now that you mention it and you seem firm about it, I will go back and do it myself to try to peek. But if it is as big of an issue as we think this is, because he was missing throws, you cannot miss, Jeff. And he's typically not that bad. Yeah, that, 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 that's not Baker. That's why I think yeah. there's something wrong. And I don't think it's his head because I think his head is in a good spot. I, I, I really do th- – look, you really have to look at it, but watch specifically when he has to throw to the outside, and there were two throws to Odell, but the final throw, and there was a throw on a third down, um, down the right sideline that hit the defensive back in the back mm-hmm. um, in the third quarter, where you could see and, – and normally his left hand and arm would be out and extended a little bit, and it's up tight and almost touching his shoulder pad. And just just if, you, if, you do, if you're playing along at home, <laughs> to try, try throwing it – 
Try throwing a tennis ball that w- with your hand out in front one way, like a normal throw, and then try to have it with, with your thumb almost touching the top of your sternum and make the same throw mm-hmm. and, and feel the difference on it and, and feel the, the loss of velocity or the slight loss of control because that's, that's what I saw. And I know I'm not the only person that saw it because it was t- tipped off to me on Reddit, actually. So I I, I, uh, I did a little investigating on it, and, and I went back and I watched it, and I, I, I thought it was a salient point. <laughs> Sometimes Reddit and the TikTok world can find some things, man. Those people dig in a little bit. I, I will do the digging as well and see if I come up with something, too, and, and we'll talk about it. But, again, to the point here, if this is the issue that it seems to be, he can't play through this. I don't care no. how tough you are. And I know you're in a contract here. I get all that. But you're not helping yourself. And I really don't think you're helping the team because I don't think Case is a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. But he can make some throws and he can do some things and they can get by. They could have gotten by in a game in Minnesota. Clearly, they left. Minnesota's defense played fine, Jeff, but Odell should have had 200 plus. They should have put 30 on those oh, yeah. guys. Ab- if, absolutely. If you eliminate some of those missed throws. So. You know, the the Baker stuff has to improve, but if you're not giving it a chance to improve, does it get better? It's going to take time. The bye week doesn't hit till November. So it's like, I just have a little bit of concern. I, the run game to me is it's fine. They're not busting the long runs, but they're running, you know, the Joe Thomas long speech back in the day, uh, explaining to folks the difference between one, you know, one, two, one, two, three, four, seventy, and actually running with efficiency. Uh, right. is a different thing. And I think they're still running it efficiently and people are clamoring for more carries. And it's like, you had 35 carries for 180 yards between those two guys, man. They're giving them the rock enough. You got to make some throws, right? Like you can't give yeah, them. They're, they're, they're running the ball. They're running the ball effectively. And like you said, officially they're getting a lot more like six and seven yard runs yeah. and less 28 yard runs. But they're also seeing now, now Minnesota did bottle them up a couple times and, and Chicago's defense did as well, uh, specifically on, on Chubb. Uh, I thought they did a really good job, both teams the last week, of bringing the safety in quicker to close on the the between-the-tackles runs. And Mm -hmm. and if that's something they're taking away, um, I thought they adjusted brilliantly in Chicago with with Hunt getting outside quicker. I think you saw more, you know, direct off-tackle runs on the pitches to to Nick Chubb to get him outside and get ahead of steam going. That was a nice little adjustment by Stefanski and and Van Pelt. So, Look, you got to be able to throw the ball in the NFL. I mean, it's great that you have the one-two punch that the Browns do at running back, and and they're awesome. Like, no, they're they're doing well. Mm-hmm. But if if you can't throw the ball, they're gonna start creeping those safeties up. They're gonna they're gonna bring in an extra linebacker onto the field, or they're they're gonna be able to stuff that a little bit better. Uh, we've seen what happens when teams are one-dimensional when they can't throw the ball. We've watched Pittsburgh play. Uh, they can't they can't throw the ball at all down the field, and look what happens. They can't run because of it. Um, more last year than this year, but but this year's not good for them either. Uh, so I yeah they you got you got to consider. Look, Case Keenum's one of the best backup quarterbacks in football. He's paid that way for a reason. He understands the offense. They clearly trust him. I thought he was fine in the preseason from what we saw. Um, if you're that committed to it, maybe give him a week. Maybe just let Baker sit. Um, but the thing is, it, they would have to come out and say that it's absolutely injury-related. And the fact that they've downplayed how how much the injury might be there or might not be there, that that means you're starting to get into some fishy territory. Because then it's like, oh, my God, did they lose confidence? You can hear it now. Mm-hmm. You, you can name off the people who are going to say it now. And that that's a situation that I'm not sure that they want to get into. 
I very much agree. Very much agree. I'll ask you another kind of random question about the offense, which is they love using tight ends, and that's great, right? They, they that's a part yep. of their nature. But but are they but are they getting too cute with using too many tight ends and throwing scenarios where they need to throw the football to better pass catchers? And I'm particularly talking about Austin Hooper, who's very, you know, I like who he's just limited and I don't see it turning around. Like I just don't, I don't see Austin Hooper. Like he thrived in, in zone coverage holes left by two really, really good wide receivers in Atlanta. And now he's sort of being pressed into more situations where he has to actually beat second level defenders and it's not happening. So what I guess I'm getting at is should Kevin, trend toward more 11 personnel sprinkling in even getting crazy and going 10 personnel because these wide receivers like to block like they're not immune to blocking so i I guess like in the in the vein of of switching some things up to beat tendencies like you were talking about earlier jeff because teams know that that what they like to do by now would it be prudent to like minnesota who's up over 50 percent of 11 personnel this year after only using Twenty-seven uh, percent of eleven personnel. They they ran six snaps of ten or zero one personnel last year. They were up at twenty before the Browns and, and Vikings even kicked off. Now I know it even went up more. So they've changed. Yeah. Should they look into changing more, or is it? Hey, we are who we are. Our identities are identity. We're still able to put up points. We're just missing things, and it'll be fine. It'll come together, man. Shut up. <laughs> and this is the frustrating thing because look, Browns are three and one. They have beaten a couple of pretty good teams along the way to getting to that point. I, th- I think Minnesota's a good football team. I think their record belies how good that team is. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that they're going to bounce back, and that, that's a team that's going to win eight or nine games by the end of the season. And and the Browns, we will look back at that and like, that's a road win in Minnesota. That Hey, that, that, that looks pretty good now in December. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I do think that the, the poor, relatively poor offensive performance that we've seen ha- ha- sort of overshadows that. And, and that's... You know, you bring up, like, K.J. Osborne is the number three wide receiver in Minnesota. Is he better than Donovan Peoples-Jones? Is he better than Rashard Higgins? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. He might be, but probably not. So if you're looking at who gives who gives the Browns a better chance to get explosive plays in the passing game, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, or Austin Hooper, or Harrison Bryant? I, I, I mean, I... I, I Jesus, Tony can answer that one. I mean, I, come yeah, on. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, it seems pretty self-explanatory. I get they're trying to hide and marry the run-pass stuff. I just think I'd like to see a few more snaps with some wide receivers on the field and those, even I if agree, they're bunched bro. up, even if they're bunched up. But I'm not complaining. Like, I think Kevin Stefanski has still been stellar this year. Like, he has schemed up open plays left and right to me. They were, you know, people were trying to complain about Sunday, Jeff, but like, I thought he called a masterful game plan. The only, like they, the only they, thing that I you know? saw Sunday was that uh, when Demetric Felton was in the game, they were clearly trying to get – now, he only played, I think, six snaps, mm-hmm. and he, they threw the ball to him twice, but it was very obvious when he came into the game that he was going to be the target, and they either need to use him as a decoy or play him more so he's not like, oh, he's in the game, he's getting the ball. Sure. Because I, I think Minnesota picked up on that pretty quickly, and, and I think they were right to do that, by the way. So other than that, yeah, I agree. I, th- I thought there were a lot of – this was a game where Baker let his offense down. Um, you can I, – I don't know how you could really complain about Stefanski's play calling as much. If you want to complain about the game, this is a game for Baker haters to, to like, hey, 
don't give that guy forty million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> not not to get into because I don't want to get into contractual stuff. I know you don't either, um, because that's going to work itself out in time. But this was a game for the Baker skeptics. To, to the, it, he threw him a little red meat. We know Baker well enough that I think he's going to bounce back from it if he's healthy. And if he's not healthy, he like you said earlier, he it's incumbent upon him to be like, hey, you know what? I'm not right. I need some time. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let let me sit for a week. Um, you know, the, the the schedule is what it is. It's it's not a bad time right now. You're three and one. I, I know Cincinnati and Baltimore are both three and one as well, and that that presents some some interesting issues. But um, having watched Baltimore, having watched every Baltimore game this year, Browns are better than the Ravens. I have no question in my mind about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for for long term, I think if if you sit him for a week now. And he gets better, you know. You, you aggressively rehab the shoulder, um, make sure that everything's okay, and it also just gives him a chance to clear his head. And it also, like, it gives him a chance to show something different with with Case Keenum because Case doesn't have the downfield arm, yeah. but he is he's dude, he's surgical on the on the crossing routes mm-hmm. and the the the, the 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 combination routes that they run. We've seen him light defenses up doing that. It, it's not a terrible idea, again, but you have. To, the hard part is selling it now because they because Stefanski has come out and said, hey, "Oh, Baker's fine. It's not his shoulder." Baker said, "It's not my shoulder." If that's true, then Baker's just not playing well, and I think that's worse. And I, I, I'm not sure that they've handled that framing very well. Yeah, I mean, you you don't you're not making an excuse if you say, "Hey, my shoulder's not right," but I'm really really trying here. Like you know, there's nothing wrong with that. So. Get people can do that. Well, you can't say it in the public. Well, everybody knows you hurt your shoulder. You left the game. We saw. Said I mean, my God, it popped I, I, out. I, I was stunned. He came back. Yeah, like there's no, there's no. Everyone knows, so they're not giving a competitor any advantage because they're obviously gonna, if they're that type of team, go after your shoulder regardless. So I don't. There's no advantage or disadvantage to just being honest. Like, yeah, man, I'm really trying. I, my shoulder's killing me. We're rehabbing it. It's we're working through it. But it's bothering me, and I'm trying to play well. But also, nobody cares, and I don't really like to talk about it. So whatever. Like I wouldn't look down yeah. on him. Nobody would look down on him, and that's not excuse making. So I don't know. They, but you're right. They have framed it as it's not a problem. So if you're going to frame it as it's not a problem, and then back walk it and say, "Well, we're actually going to give him a week," it would be a little weird to me. So yeah, uh, if it's not that's, a problem, that's the, that's the hard part they're running into. Yeah, if it's so, not a problem, so what, then, what, then you got to play better. What you can do is you can. And, and this is shady. I don't. I don't like even suggesting it. But this is this is what NFL teams do. I've seen a team do it. I've covered a team that did it. When the quarterback was hurt, when he got hit in the next game, and they knew he was hurt, like oh crap, he stayed down, and they took him out, and they brought the backup in that way. That's how they did it. I don't want the Browns to get in that sort of dirty pool because the, the team that did that um, is is paying some serious karmic price for it right now, mm-hmm. and I don't want to see that happen. But uh, again, the the other thing is, if if the, I'm I'm fairly convinced that the shoulder is like look he can play through it, uh, but it, it's not right and and I don't want him to get it so it's not I don't want it to get knocked out again, you know and and I uh, again I'm not a doctor I don't understand I don't know or understand the the likelihood of a re injury on that. All I know is that when my shoulder hurts and I rest it, it gets better. Yeah. And when I when I keep when I keep doing things when it hurts, it doesn't get better. And my my game doesn't get better at whatever game I'm trying to do. I, as you know, I played volleyball for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I know shoulder injuries pretty darn well. Um, 
And when my when my one shoulder wasn't good, it, it did impact the way I hit with the other shoulder. It impacted the way that I approached things. And and may, you know maybe that's my background bias on that. I don't know, but it's it's it, they're in a really weird spot with it. And and maybe if Baker doesn't play well again this Sunday, they can. That's when you see, okay. You know what? He has he hasn't been right. We need to sit him a little bit. Yeah. Um, but but at the same time. They haven't handled Jed that way either. And uh, no. th- this was something that, you know, uh, our friend Jared Mueller has brought up. Like, I, I don't know if they're handling the injuries all that well this year. Like, like they've done such a great job at pretty much everything. But th- between that and, you know, how they've handled, you know, just a bunch of little injuries that are out there. I'm not sure that they're do- they're getting an A from the grade card for the quarter quarter of the season thing yeah. on me for, for how they've handled the injuries. It has been weird. It has been weird, and their the way they approach talking about them all the way dating back to you know greedy Williams, and, and all of a sudden it was like we think he's day to day, he's day to day, and then boom, it's like well yeah. he actually hasn't been able to move his arm at all. He can't do anything yeah. with it. So, he, he's gonna be he's gonna be out for the year. Yeah, it's <laughs> like just, like that, like overnight. Yeah, that's yeah. That's I'm weird. with you. It is strange. It's bizarre. But I don't think it's uh, it's a stretch to say that the, the 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 fate of this season, the talent is Super Bowl level. We've seen it now. It's yes. manifested yes, it manifests itself. Is. Yes, it is. It rides on and on Baker's ability to do the things that he's always done. He doesn't have to turn himself into Aaron Rodgers overnight. He doesn't have to become this chaos savant. He doesn't have to do that yet. He just has to hit the throws that they give him, and they're giving him throws to make, and he's got to make them. And if the shoulder's a problem, you got to take some time off. To, to get it right so that in games that matter from the mid-season point on, you can be right and be the guy they need him to be, right? So um, that's where the hinge is on. We can talk about every angle. We can create personnel discussions. We can talk about running. But it just It's the quarterback. So uh, yeah. he, has a- he has to be better than he was Sunday, whether it's healthy or injured. He did not play well, um, and, and I think he would be the first person to tell you that he didn't play well, that he left some throws on the field. Um, I don't see any chemistry issues with Odell. I don't see any you know, friction between Baker and and Stefanski and how the offense is being called. It's none of that. Baker just had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers had a – go back to week one. Aaron Rodgers had a awful day. He bounced back from it. Baker, show me that you belong in that level. Obviously, you're not he's, – he's not in the MVP conversation the way Rodgers is. But be able to bounce back from – um, Josh Allen did not have a good game in week one against Pittsburgh. Since then, he's been amazing. I know because he's my fantasy quarterback. He's lit it up every week. <laughs> uh, you know, you have the guys that, that can bounce back like that, and that's where I want to see Baker. And, it, and if Baker wants to, you know, prove that he's a, a worthy of a Josh Allen type contract, and I think that's what his goal is, go do it, dude. Yeah. Um, but if you're health, if you're not healthy, it's not going to happen. And he has to have that realization, and people around him have to have that conversation to sort of protect him from himself. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I'll put on my Detroit Lions hat for a quick second here because it, it does remind me of when Matthew Stafford played through his back injury in 2018 uh, or 2019. I can't, I can't, he, he broke his back both years. Um, so it's hard to remember. But th- that year he played through it and it was clearly bothering him and impacting his play. But he's like, no, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. That's all he would ever say about it. Like, but you could tell that it was bothering him um, much more than, than Baker's thing is. But the Lions didn't, didn't, responsibly shut him down and it impacted the entire rest of the team. Now, now they obviously didn't have as much playing going on. That was a rotten team that was going in the wrong direction. The Browns are in the opposite direction, but the, the larger point is the team responds to the quarterback. And if the quarterback isn't right, 
like that hurts the confidence of the rest of the guys out there. Like I, I know that Case Keenum is not Baker Mayfield, and you can't expect him to be. But maybe for four quarters he can be close enough that you can get by for a win. Maybe maybe, maybe eight quarters if you have to. Uh, it, it's something that they at least have to consider because uh, right now, like you said, the goal is to play deep into January, winning the more meaningful games on the schedule when they come. Start and that starts coming fairly soon. You know, if 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 you drop to three and two, it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, if you have to do it, I obviously you want to keep winning because you want that home field and, and it's there for the taking. They have the best record in the AFC along with like what? Seven other teams. <laughs> they do Jeff. Everything's in front of them. I've said it. I wrote it, it Monday. It's there, it's, man. It's the there. Season, yeah. The season's not defined by that game. It's just, you do have to wonder again, you're not, it's a, it, I've been saying this battle since the start of the year, concern versus panic. We're not panicking, but it's concerning, right? So you got to see yeah. it change. And until you see it change, you have discussions about it to see how it does change. So we'll see if they get it rectified in uh, in L.A. They'll have a great chance. Team that doesn't stop the run well. They'll have some throw uh, some play-action throws off of it. And we'll be all eyes dialed into it. Jeff Risden, he's the man. Make sure you follow him at Jeff Risden. Nothing fancy on that Twitter handle. His name. Follow him if you're not. I know you are. Jeff, we appreciate your time, man. Jake, thanks for having me in, man. Th- keep up the good work. It's, it's great seeing your film breakdowns, and, and thanks again for having me on. Guys, thanks for joining today. A reminder about the hat giveaway. That's coming Friday. I'm going to make a live announcement on the podcast. I will put it on my Twitter too Friday morning. If you have not left a review for the show, do so. It's very simple. Tell me your review. And I'm not begging you for perfect reviews. Give the review you believe is fair. Leave your Twitter handle and uh, in that review and you will be entered into the chance to uh, give away, get the giveaway action. You can get a hat, a Browns film breakdown a hat from the original start of the podcast a long time ago. I got about 10 of those suckers to give away. So looking forward to that. Just check out the scouting notes that are up. Uh, both sides of the football by the end of Wednesday. Defense is already out there for you to, to check out. Offense, like I said, will be out later on Wednesday. Have a great day, everybody. Check out the uh, Twitch channel tonight for the Chalk Talk on defense and offensive line play. That'll be out for your consumption. Have a great day. Stay safe. Enjoy yourself. And we sign off with our usual Go Browns. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.